A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from Talk Sport. Game day, your verdict. Well, it was another cracking day in the Premier League and it delivered some great entertainment on game day with TalkSport. Liverpool moved 11 points clear at the top of the table as they held on to beat Brighton at Anfield, while Manchester City were only able to come away from Newcastle with a point. Jose Mourinho made it three wins out of three as Spurs boss with a 3-2 win against Bournemouth and Southampton came from behind to beat Watford to earn their first home win since April. Here is the best of your reaction to the day's football on both the full-time phone-in with Adrian Durham and Mickey Gray and your verdict with me, Laura Woods, and Darren Bent. This is the Game Day Your Verdict podcast. Right, let's get straight into it and head over to St James's Park with Nigel Adley. And that is it! What a day in the title race and it started with Manchester City dropping more points here at St James's Park and Liverpool could move 11 points clear by the end of the day. Twice they led, but twice Newcastle came back and is this the day when Manchester City finally lost their grip on the title? It is finished. Newcastle United 2, Manchester City 2. Let's go straight to John, who's a Manchester City fan. City drew today, dropped points, and then had to wait and watch as 10-man Liverpool 1-2-1. John, how are you feeling? Is it all over? Um, it's not all over. You can't win the league in November, but you can certainly chuck it. Um, we're doing our best to um, to get rid of the league, aren't we? But... What I've got to say today is the uh, the four goals that were scored were all stunners and there was no chance for the keeper on all of them. But with, what's the word, Prussley Gate in front of goal, we're creating enough chances to win games um, and we're just not taking them. We're trying to walk the ball onto the onto the goal line, get down on our hands and knees and head it in. Sometimes just put your laces through it. But, uh, yeah, it's um, it's going to be a long, long arduous uh, way back now but um, we, we won't stop trying so you say yeah, they, they were stunning goals they were great goals terrific goals De Bruyne's was probably the pick but John Joe Shelby's was terrific as well but he was left unmarked and we all know he's going to have a long range shot so why was nobody on him and also it looked to me did it not look, look, look to you like City players were kind of ducking and, and kind of getting out of the way of it turning the back on it well what my take on that is it's without being rude you've got Mendy coming back from no excuses don't make excuses you've got Mendy coming back from a long term injury and he's going to take time to get up to game pace we get that um, bit of a makeshift one in Fernandino he does the dark arts well done say. Um and I mean he's he's, a great, he's been a great servant for the club he came at the age of 28 we've had our money's worth out of him and he still defies uh, you know he, he's just a good all-round footballer but today you know he's, you, you just worry when he goes one-on-one and the, and, and the winger said maximum is it it was just yeah. worrying when, when he was raiding down the flanks because when he was coming inside he just knew he was going to get dragged down and he's, he walks a tight up Fernandino on a lot of occasions. But, again, Otamende, um, he's showing signs of beta birth disease, isn't they? I mean, against pace, they're, they're going to struggle. Um, we're missing Laporte big time, but can't complain because we've got we've spent enough money, we've got a big enough squad and we've got lads coming through the ranks now. Um, and well, I, believe... there, I, I tell you what, that's the, John, thanks for the call. It's an interesting one because, yeah, you can't really say it's all over in November, although it'll take a monumental collapse from Liverpool and Mickey Gray has been at Anfield. We'll talk to Mickey very shortly about the Liverpool performance today because, again, it wasn't a perfect performance from Liverpool and yet again, they have picked up the three points. But, John, talking about the City squad there and I'd love to hear from more City fans, this City squad, I know it's back-to-back titles and, and 
nobody's complaining about that. And maybe they'll go further in the Champions League this year. Who knows? But this City squad, shorn of a leader like Delph, a leader like company, shorn of Laporte because of one injury. Now Aguero's out as well. Was this squad ready to retain that title for a, yet another season? I'm not sure it was. Also, another one that you didn't mention, Adrian, who, who people are not talking about, is Sane. You know, because last season and the season before, Pep Guardiola was, was able to rotate his forward line pretty much every single week. You know, whoever was playing, you, you knew that quality was going to be in the starting eleven. But Sane is a huge miss. I keep going back to Vincent Company, letting him go in the summer. Even I mean, he played 11 games last season, but they've let him go in the summer. And it's not just the leadership on the football field. It's in the dressing room. It's around the place. And what he's achieved at that football club, no, everybody respects him at that club. He didn't get replaced. And then what happens is your best centre-half in Laporte gets a huge injury. And then the, they're stuck with playing Fernandinho centre-half. I'm not saying he's a bad centre-half, but he is in a centre-half. John Stones, who I, I, seriously, I don't know what's happened to him. I mean, I watched the game up until the last two or three minutes. And there's a mistake in him. Every five or ten minutes, he looks a bag of nerves. He's not the player that went to Manchester City. And they've got problems. There's teams now are not playing against Man City with that fear factor of thinking, well, we've got to sit back. They're actually taking the game to them. Newcastle, I don't know if you remember the game last season, Adrian, when Newcastle played against them. I don't even think they got out of their own half for about 60 minutes. But they found a way of getting themselves back into the game twice today, not once, twice got themselves back into the game, and I think that's where the vulnerability is with Man City this season, and they don't look like champions this time around. Pep, how frustrating is it to take the lead and then concede it so quickly? Well, we, we, we scored, Kevin scored an outstanding goal, uh, and after we, we were not able to avoid uh, the, the fault, uh, the free kick, that uh, we could avoid it, and after Shelby make the, the difference, and uh, but... Uh, I think we played attacking with a system like them. Five for one is the way we play more fluently. We create more more chances, and uh, we concede two two shoots on target, two goals, and we create enough. Considering how difficult it is when ten players they defending in the <coughs> eighteen yard box, but uh, but at the end, you know, we we yeah we drop two points. People always ask you, you know, can you catch those at the top? But do you still believe you can? But I said yesterday, when we were uh, nine points or in that position, we we talk about uh, it's not the mindset to to think about your catch them, try to win the next one, next one. So we know the situation that we have. We have to, you know, to score, to win games. And today we were so close. And it's such a, a very busy December you've got coming up. Is is it good to have so many games thick and fast to try and maybe regain some momentum? It's what it is. So if I don't like so many games, we have to accept it. So it's many games to play and that's what we we'll have to do. Andrew is a Manchester City fan. Welcome to the show, Andrew. What would you like to say? Hi, guys. Um, it, it was it was just bizarre. It really was. Um, because we were consequently the better side for the most part, but we kept playing in front of their defence, which is a major issue. Um, Pep picked the wrong side. He should have started with the side that finished the game, not the one that started it. But the main reason why we only drew was the defensive mistakes. John Stones, drawn out of central defence towards the touchline, lets the guy go past... Well, lets the guy get the ball past him, should have taken him down and taken a yellow card. He's still ambling back into the penalty area as the ball's hitting the back of the net. That's absolutely are you, are you talking about? Are you talking about he should have made a cynical foul? A tactical foul, sorry. Mm. Yeah, absolutely he should. And then Mendy, later on, when we're 2-1 we're, we're up, and we're looking at possibly getting a breakaway to make it 3-1, he's been headed the ball by De Bruyne in a quite a tight situation. He's basically given it straight to the Newcastle player on the halfway line. So everybody's going on about, well, um, John Joe Shelby wasn't closed down and Fernandinho gave away the free kick. But the whole problem was caused by Benjamin Mendy on the halfway line about 10 seconds earlier. It was a disgraceful piece of defending. Um, and he had a poor game throughout, to be quite honest. He was shockingly bad. He had a terrible match. And those, those two incidents are what cost us the match. Now, we missed a few chances, but... If you look at all of the games where we've drawn or lost um, this season, they're when Pep has mucked around with the side a little bit and he's 
picked the wrong choice. And one of the issues he's got is that he still thinks he's in Spain or Germany, where if you're playing the bottom six sides, you can afford to rest three or four players and get away with it. And you can't do it in the Premier League. Even even his defensive midfielder, Rodri, said the other day, any side can beat any other side in the Premier League. And it's true. It's a much, much more competitive league than the European leagues that Pep's managed in so far in his career, which are Germany and Spain. Mm. And he has got to put his top sides out in these games if he wants to win the matches. Is the Premier League over? A lot of people say it is. I don't think it is, and I don't believe it will be until it's mathematically impossible for any other side to catch Liverpool. Yeah, because right, you there, don't Andrew. know what's going to happen in the next round of games or any other matches for the rest of the season. Yeah. You know, supposing Van Dijk picked up a six-month injury on Tuesday or Wednesday whenever they're playing again, that could really disrupt their defensive yeah, course, problems yeah. and all of a sudden they might start shipping more well, goals than the one right. a game, a game they do. But that's, that's the, 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 the problem is, yes, we missed a few chances and Sterling was very unlucky not to score at the very death, but... Our defence is an issue. Yeah, oh, oh, Andrew, one second. Laura, what were you going to say? Andrew, stay there. I think he does know not to take teams lightly because Newcastle beat him last season. Yeah, I think he knows that as well. But also, come on, let's be honest. Like, look at Manchester City squad. Really, are they, can they be that much weaker? Like they've, they've got but, players that will get walking to most other teams. But, but, but what what is it? I mean, Manchester City this time last season. This is what we were saying that their bench would walk into any mm. team, the starting lineup of any team. But is it as strong as we think it is now? I if, think it's if strong. One, if one player Laporte, if one player's out, but, no, but, and all of a sudden the, the house of cards is falling down. Right, Laporte is not there, but the company's the big one as well. And I think this season compared to last season, I think when you know that you've got you're defensively very very strong, you've got company Laporte, you've got, you've got your first choice centre mm. back, so you you are very very solid the back you can you can afford to obviously keep possession and keep tinkering but teams this season now who they're playing against think well you know what they're not that strong so even if we do have to sit in for 10-15 minutes and let concede possession mm. we know at some stage we're going to get an opportunity to score a goal and it's just whether we take that chance or not whereas before last season teams were thinking right they're going to they're pass us to death they're going to keep it moving and create opportunities but even if we get down the other end because they're defensively strong we still might not get opportunities so we might have to be a bit more reserved but this season they're thinking well we know defensively they're, they're not strong at all they're not so scared of them anymore they're not scared of them at all so they think well listen we'll let them we'll concede possession 10-15 minutes that's fine but we know at some stage they're going to make a mistake or there's going to be an opening and it's just whether we take it and mm. Newcastle took them both today Quick one on Newcastle. Mm. To draw against Manchester City, that's massive. It's not only massive for, for Newcastle in, in terms of just the fan base at St James's, but it's also massive, I think, for Steve Bruce. Do you think he's starting to win the fan base over now? I think he started to do that a while ago. I mean, when, I think when they, they when the season started and they struggled and a few results, people really jumped on his back, even before he even got the job, to be fair. But he is one of them. Regardless, mm. he was born up there, he raised, born and raised up there. And look what he's doing again. People didn't give him a chance, a prayer's hope of getting anywhere this season. They thought relegation definitely. Rafa done a miracle. He's gone now. Um, Steve Bruce can't do anything. But look what they are now. And I know they're still 14th in the table, but that's a lot higher than people expected them to be. Geordies, I want to hear from you. 08717 Wherever my dad is, can you just call up? Because I've been asking my dad to call me all day and he's been totally ignoring me. <laughs> he's in the WhatsApp group as well. I'm like, Dad, just give us a buzz. I genuinely want to hear how everybody's feeling up outside the world. Um, because it's got, I mean, that's got to feel like a win today. And for Manchester City to go ahead twice, I mean, Kevin De Bruyne's goal, by the way. Oh yeah, my God. what a strike. But he's got that in him. But you've got to understand, when sometimes when you play up there, I mean, and I've been up there, I'm playing in Derby, Sunderland versus mm. Newcastle. When them Newcastle fans get behind that team, it is such a tough place to play. And especially, it's going to sound weird, shooting downhill, because obviously it's on a bit of a slope. But when the Newcastle fans are behind that team, and you, it feels like you're running really yeah. uphill when you're shooting second half to the left, it's a tough, tough place to go. And I think now, with the way Steve Bruce is managing in, the way they're playing, the fans are getting really behind it. And I'm telling you, that is a tough place to go. They're strong at home this season. I remember going there at the beginning, right at the beginning of the season, and the atmosphere was really sanitised. Mm. And there weren't as many... Um, ple- it was, you know, it was the protest. It was people saying, look, we're not going to go to St. James's Park. We're not happy with Mike Ashley and the way that the club is being run. So I'm interested to know what the atmosphere was like today. I just think some, mm. of, their, some of their main players are not even firing in all the yet. I know. Obviously, Joe Linton's not really firing. Yeah. St. Maximum's not got a goal yet, but he's playing well enough. Almiron. So once these guys as well really start to show what they're about, I mean, they're doing everything else but score. Once that starts to start firing, then listen, they're going to shoot up the league. You said it earlier on as well. It's all about confidence when you're a striker, isn't mm-hmm. it? But it's all about confidence, but it's also about getting the chances. I mean, you could be the most confident person in the world, but if you're getting no service, never going to score. Okay, right. Why don't we hear from Steve Brucing? Because he spoke to TalkSport's Nigel Adley after the game today at St James's Park. To come back twice like that, that says a lot about the character of your team. 
do you know something? They've they've they've, they've got a good attitude to, amongst them. You know, we've got that horrible one in us where we can, you know, be a bit inconsistent at times. But on the main, especially here, you know, against Bournemouth a couple of weeks ago, we were up against it. They've were one down, but they've they've come back and they've had a go again. And today. They were manful in their work. You had to run a million miles against a Man City team who moved the ball so quickly from side to side and back to front. They're a quality team, and uh, to get something from them, I was absolutely delighted with their attitude. People talk about your forward players and a lack of goals, but Almiron today was outstanding for you. Almiron was outstanding, and and in St Maxim, you know the way we play is difficult for them because. You know, they're 50, 60 yards away from goal when they pick it up. So, But the team is suited, I believe, to be set up the way we are. And um, there'll come a day when, you know, we're higher up the pitch. And, but at the moment, they're doing OK. Just finally for me, seven points from the big six so far this season. I may as well call it a day, hadn't I? It's <laughs> never happened in 20 years, by the way. So, uh, no, we're all serious. Yeah, I mean, we've produced some good performances. And, you know, Chelsea, you know, just got one part. Arsenal, I believe, didn't deserve to beat us. So that's not the problem when we play the biggins. The problem is there's a team in and around us. We have to show that same attitude and commitment which we've done today. And, and then we'll be OK. Seven points from the big six for Newcastle this season. A, a fact that has not gone uh, far beyond Bruce's um, <laughs> conscious, um, I don't know what you're going to call it, thoughts. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but he's totally right in what he's saying. Because when you play them big boys and you're expected to lose, you can have a free hit. Like if you get beat, mm. people go, "Well, yeah, he was expected to lose that." So they're not the results that's going to define them. They're, they're what they're he's alluding to there is when they play teams like Norwich, Southampton, the teams that are down there in and around them. That's when they struggle a little bit, and that's where they need to find a way of getting results and beating these teams. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18+, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. Dave Martin. 33 years old, making his West Ham United debut today. Kept a clean sheet as West Ham got a much-needed win here at Stamford Bridge. Uh, watching him was his dad, Alvin Martin, who was a TalkSport favourite and a West Ham legend as well. What a moment. There were tears for Dave Martin at the end. He came up to uh, alongside us to give uh, Alvin Martin, his dad, a big, big hug. And after the game, Dave spoke with the Moose. Dave, first of all, just sum up the day. A bit surreal, really. Um, I said I can't. Obviously, get my head around. I think I'll probably wake up tomorrow morning and, and, and open that one eye, and I'll be like, "That really just happened yesterday." So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll enjoy tonight definitely. Dad was sat next to me, and you know that. <laughs> yeah. um, he was a bag of nerves all afternoon. In fact, the first thing he said to me is, "He now knows how your grandma felt when he was playing." <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, he was nervous. Like I said, I've probably never been that nervous going into a game. But um, as soon as that that whistle goes, you know, you just go into autopilot. But See, I looked up at Dad and he, he looks a lot whiter than usual, I've got to say. <laughs> Clean sheet as well. I mean, there's the fans singing your name at the end. What was what happened when he went down after the final? Was he looked like you were crying? Yeah, a bit embarrassing, um, obviously. But obviously, for me and my family, this is, is a massive deal. But on a personal note, um, and to come in, you know, obviously not playing for so long, um, you know, at the end of last season and, um, you know, to come and do what I did, uh, kept a clean sheet and, and I've got to thank the lads because they were unbelievable in front of me. 
And last one when he came up and hugged Dad afterwards. Yeah. I mean, that was a tear-jerking moment for all of us. Adrian Durham was <laughs> was in, in tears. I was trying to take a picture, and I was I had a tear in my eye. Um, yeah, it's obviously. We, we, I think we went to have a conversation, but I think we just both broke down almost. And then I think I think I got you. Know, I'm proud of you, and that was it really. Um, so I, I, I enjoyed that moment with my dad, and uh, I said I'll take that with me. I'm going again. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Unbelievable. Never... What's happened to you, Durham? Well, I, I defy you if you've been here and witnessed everything today and that moment at the end when he's hugging his dad. I mean, it's right next to us. It's yeah. happening. It's, you know, I was on air and I, I did. I mean, you heard it. I was, I was wobbling all over the place. I was gone. <laughs> it's the first time it's I've completely lost it. It's a special moment yeah. that though, Adrian, isn't it? I mean, you, you, you can imagine being a proud father and your son's obviously playing for a club where you are an absolute legend. And when he must have, you know, crossed that white line to, to play his first game for West Ham and win the game against a, a side like Chelsea, you've been absolutely flying. That's a special occasion. And then I, I can imagine how you must have been, because that would have been exactly this. It's like a, you know, when you, you, you sports day, when your kids are doing sports day and you, your kid is in the race or something and you win that, you know, I, that's a proud moment. But that is something else. You know, it's your father's already been there. He's done it. He's seen it all. So he knows what it means to him. And for your son to do that, I mean, that, that that's very special. Yeah. And, and listen, uh, from from our point of view, you know, Alvin's a talk sport legend. And it was mm. more, my emotions were about him more than anything else. But yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and Dave said there in the interview that it was, it was a bit embarrassing. It isn't, mate. I mean, it's, it, I think it would be embarrassing if you didn't uh, shed a tear at that moment. It was, it was truly incredible. We'll speak to the Moose in a moment. Let's bring in Lewis who's a West Ham fan, first of all. How are you doing, Lewis? Hi, Lewis. Yeah, yeah, not bad, Adrian. How are you doing, all right? Yeah, all right. I mean, listen, I was crying. Were you, are you crying? I mean, everybody was crying, weren't they? I, I think all West Ham fans are crying just because the result, to be honest, mate. Um, <laughs> it, was, uh, it, was, it was desperately needed. Um, I, I, I couldn't see from where I was in going in the press box at the end, but that's, that's a great story. Um, uh, the, the game itself, I mean, um, I was one of the guys asking for Pellegrini to go. Um, at the start of the week. Um, I've never done that before. Uh, the main reason was because he just kept doing the same thing over and over again. You know, we've had managers in the past who have been threatened with relegation, have actually gone down. But I've never asked them to go because they, you see them trying something different, maybe a 4-4-2, a 3-5-2, but Pellegrini just kept doing the same thing over and over again. Today he's changed it up a little bit with the, with the formation, put players in different positions, and he's paid dividends. And, and fair play to him, you know, and, and great for David Martin as well. What, what a story. It's an incredible story, isn't it? And I think uh, when we talk about the game, um, Mikel Antonio, it makes such a difference to, the, to this side, Lewis, doesn't he? It's his energy. We called it dynamism uh, on the show today as we were watching the game. He, he, he seems to be everywhere on the pitch. He's, he's an incredible athlete and a really good footballer. He, he kind of lifted the side today, Lewis. Yeah, he does. I mean, he's got so much pace and power and it's something that the side in general is, is really missing. We, we do lack pace. Um, and since he's come back, you know, the, the, the half he played against Spurs, he, he made such a difference. You know, he's powerful and he just doesn't give up. And he's got that kind of British bulldog spirit. And I think it, we need someone like that in the side. We really do. You know, we've got Mark Noble who's a great leader for us. But I think we need someone else to really, to really go at players, you know, and, and really sort of like try and make a difference and not be afraid to kind of get on the ball and make something happen. Lewis, I was just going to ask you as well. I mean, obviously it was, and Adrian, you're at the ground, so you know exactly how, how well he played. But you talked about Anderson, Adrian, when us were on air and when he came off the football field, having a little bit of a go at Pellegrini. Was that something that he'll, he'll get the same media coverage as, as maybe the Xhaka incident? Well, I think that it, it's slightly different because um, obviously they've won the game. Um, mm. and, and so I think it, it will be kind of bypassed. But it was a proper row between Pellegrini and Anderson, Felipe Anderson. Uh, he then started pointing fingers, Anderson. He was having to go at uh, the assistant as well. Listen, he's got one goal in, in 30 appearances. Yeah. And Lewis, let me bring you in here because Felipe Anderson, he, he has been terrific. He's capable of being brilliant, but one goal in 30 and then he's having a row about being brought off. I mean, it, he's not the player he was. So what's happened? Um it's a bit of a mystery, really. I mean, I, I didn't see the incident when he came off. Um, a friend of mine who's listened to your commentary, he's texted me and said that basically he's, there's a bit of a, a fracas on the bench, which is, is not great to see. Um, he's, he was great last season. You know, he really was. But I think the last goal he scored was in the Southampton away. Uh, and since then, he was being asked to track back quite a bit more, do some more defensive, have more defensive responsibilities and since then he's kind of lost a lot of impetus going forward and I don't know if it's out of frustration that he can't do what he wants to do 
or, you know, and he's just lacking confidence because I think the last four or five games he's come off at half-time and, and something's clearly not right. I, I just think he, he maybe needs an arm around the shoulder. I don't think he's one of those kind of players who kind of responds to kind of like having a proverbial kick up the backside. You know, not that I think Pellegrini's that type of manager, but there's something not quite right mentally with him at the moment. It's a big win. Lewis, thanks for the call. Let's bring in the yeah. Moose, who obviously is a celebrity uh, West Ham fan. He's been here today uh, watching this. It's hard to, to stress just how massive and unexpected this win was for West Ham today. 100%. I didn't come here expecting anything other than West Ham to be beaten. Chelsea have scored every time they played in the Premier League this season here. In fact, they haven't not scored in the Premier League since the opening day at Manchester United. Um, and <coughs> I, I just didn't think West Ham had it in them. But this is this is... I spoke to Aaron Cresswell afterwards. He said, typical West Ham. And it is, you know. They'll beat Man United at home, which they did this season. Um, they'll beat Chelsea away, which they've now done for the first time in 17 years. And yet they'll lose and lose badly sometimes when you, you just don't expect them to. And uh, that's what West, being a West Ham fan is all about, though. Moose, I was, Moose can may I ask you a question? Cress, Cresswell scored the goal today for West Ham, didn't he? Yes. Was it right foot or left foot? Right, right foot. Right foot. And, and when I said to him afterwards uh, about that, he admitted, he admitted that uh, it's unusual to see him score. Oh, really? I, I, if, if, if the producer can just get the Aaron Cresswell interview, that first question up, you'll hear, Mickey, that actually I was right in what I said earlier. Mickey, Mickey I make, make your point, Mickey. Make your, as a, as a uh, left-footed left-back, what have you got to say well, about I'm it? talking right. to a turkey, aren't I? That's Your right foot's just for standing on. Go on, Mate, Mate, don't you worry about it. I scored against Man United with my right foot, past Peter Schmeichel, so there you go, mate. Did They're not just right? for standing on. <laughs> Was that a dream? No, I was trying to clear my lines. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's a huge win. Um, I was, I've was i just been in the uh, press conferences and, and listening to Frank Lampard. He, he said he didn't, uh, he didn't make the wrong changes. He kind of hinted, without saying as much, that it was uh, mainly down to Tammy Abraham being out, that they really couldn't cope with that. But he brought Giroud in to start. And I, and I can't help thinking that that was a, a little bit of a mistake on his part because Batshuayi would have been... Desperate. He's done okay coming on as sub, and I thought he would have been desperate uh, to make a difference. Giroud came off in the end, and I, I barely knew he was on the pitch by the time he came off. Yeah, it wasn't his, his, his greatest afternoon, really, was it? I mean, I don't think he really had a, a shot in anger, uh, Dave Martin. Um, listen, today, today actually is all about <coughs> the uh, 33-year-old who made his Premier League debut and then comes up and gives his dad a hug, and everyone's in tears, really. But if you, if you do strip it all back, it's a it's a bad day for Chelsea, but they haven't had many this season. And they, no. they'll have a few. You know, this is a young squad. I mean, I spoke to Christian Pulisic afterwards said it wasn't anything down to tiredness because they played in the Champions League in midweek. So sometimes teams just play badly and they don't, they don't, they don't do well. I mean, It was down to tiredness. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about that. He looks off the pace. He's, left, he's decided to make changes because of the midweek game with Kante left out and William left on the bench as well. So I, I can't, I, I'm not buying into that. It's a tough schedule. And whilst we were talking about the squad that Chelsea have got and how it's not maybe as bad as people thought, it's, it's still going to be stretched when you're playing Champions League in midweek away and Premier League no, absolutely, and they've got some big games coming up. I mean, Lille here in a couple of weeks' time is is argument, argumentally bigger, argu- arguably. Yeah, that's the word. Okay, it's bigger, isn't it, than, than Villa here on Wednesday? Arguably, arguably. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, I, I just I just think that Chelsea are going. They're going to have inconsistent spells, but in in general, it, if you ask any Chelsea fan, I think it's been absolutely incredible the run they've had to this point. Alvin, uh, Alvin, I just called you Alvin there. <laughs> it's because you're sitting in Alvin's seat. Um, don't go and dry your eyes. Yeah. Thank the you the very ones much. can I just send the beginning? Alvin said to me that this is, he knew now how his mum felt when he started playing for West Ham. She couldn't come watch. She was just too nervous. He was. A real bag of nerves today, and he left very quickly. I'm sure he was uh, still had tears in his eyes when he left the ground. Well, when the, the second goal went in, the one that was eventually ruled out, and we all thought it was 2-0, I looked across at Alvin, and there was no emotion on his face whatsoever. <laughs> I, think he was st- I think he was even more nervous, because he might have been thinking, oh, God, what if Chelsea now win 3-2? <laughs> you know, but uh, eventually it was ruled out, and uh, they held on, and what a great, great day for Dave Martin and for Alvin Martin and having known Alvin for well over 20 years he's one of the loveliest guys around make no mistake about that I consider him a a true friend and a trusted colleague and it couldn't happen to a nicer guy so congratulations to the Martin household who I'm sure will know how to celebrate what has happened today Game Day your verdict on Talk Sport and the referee blows for full time and Southampton Finally remember what it's like 
to win at home their first Premier League home win of the season and it's against the side one place below them at the bottom of the table in Watford and they had to come from behind to do it their first win in nine Premier League games since the win at Sheffield United in September Ismail Asar had given Watford the lead midway through the first half and they held on to that lead Watford until about 12 minutes from time when Gennepo's great skill inside the box set up Danny Ings for an equaliser and then a free kick dispatched with total authority by James Ward-Prowse with seven minutes of normal time to go. Ben Foster got both hands to it but couldn't keep it out and despite a desperately close effort from Andre Gray deep in stoppage time, Southampton cling on to get three points and St Mary's is suddenly a much happier place to be than it was at half-time. Full-time here at St Mary's on game day. Southampton 2, Watford 1. We're going to go to Mike, he's a Watford fan. Mike, welcome to the show, you're kicking it off for us. I imagine you're not really pleased with that performance. I think that's a bit of an understatement, Laura. <laughs> it's uh, it's, abs- it's uh, disaster, disaster. Oh, mate. OK, I mean, what, listen, what, what's going on then? What's mm. going wrong? Well, as some, uh, one of our guys was saying the other day, we've had five Premier League wins this calendar year. Wow. It was almost our... Ever since that Wolves um, semi-final, we've just gone backwards. Yeah. It's uh, crap, de- crap defending. It's, you know... He's, Can't score a goal. Yeah. Back yeah, well... <laughs> Well, can't we, well, we, well, to be fair, I think we scored nine this, uh, in the league, so... Uh, yeah, that's, a, that's a fantastic effort, isn't it? Do you know what I think? That you, I just think the composure in the final third, and, and surely, I know everyone's keeps saying about, obviously, Troy Dean is the big, the big miss, but surely he, he, he can't be that big of a miss. Like he's not, he, he wouldn't propel you all of a sudden straight up the league to, to top six, could he? Yeah. Everyone keeps talking about Dean, and I get he's your leader, but there's got to be a deeper problem to what's going on down there at Watford. Yeah, I agree, Darren. I mean, but the thing is, Dean is in the club, isn't he? He's, he's around the place. He's a he's a big personality, and um, you know, he might not be on the pitch at the time, but he's uh, you know, he's on the side. And uh, I, I don't know. It's just it, it, it's bizarre how the wheels have just gone off it. And I think after today's result, you know, I think most Watford fans are saying, "Crikey, it's uh, yeah. you know, it, it's uh, depression time now." Mike, what did good you job, think? Good job we got beer, isn't it? Let's go get another cheery call in. He's a Watford fan. Hi, Ian. Yeah, hi, team. Hi. Uh, where do you want me to start? <laughs> where, where do you, where do you fancy start? starting? Well, I'd like to say congratulations to Brentford for putting seven past Luton. Massive. That, Massive. That, that, that's our highlight of the day. <laughs> Watford are abysmal, absolutely abysmal. From the top to the bottom, every player, bar one, possibly two today, showed no passion, little skill, and the heads just dropped as soon as... Uh, Southampton got first goal back um, and it is, it's been like that really since the turn of the year um, the FA Cup final yeah 6-0 City that's a different game and the, the FA Cup results shadowed or, 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 or masked what's been going on at the club this calendar year would, would, we have been dreadful what do you think the problem is though do you think it's the match would you have not brought the same manager back is it the players or what, what is it no, well, let's, let's start with the manager. No, I'd, I'd have kept Garcia because he wouldn't have done any different to what Flores has done. Mm. But it's not the management. They don't score goals. They don't concede goals. It's the quality and the ability, the aptitude and attitude of the players. I would take them all out and leave them all out because they're not worthy of wearing the shirt. Right. They show nothing, nothing. Even Deeney, I wouldn't have him back on the pitch because... He could have had that treatment during the summer, but no. He elected to wait until the season began, and then he said, oh, I'm injured. He's uh, been out for Ian. like three months. Patrick is a Watford fan. How are you doing, Patrick? Um, I'm pretty disappointed after that result. I think we've, we've voluntarily bottled it with 15 minutes to go, mm. or 20 minutes to go, whatever it was. I think Keegan needs to go. Keegan needs to go. I mean, when he came in, what were your thoughts? I was not happy whatsoever. I mean, we sacked him for a reason. And to, to go, it feels like a step backwards to, to re-sign him in. I think yeah. the board need to realise they made a mistake to begin with. We need to get rid of him, bring someone new in, and get on with it. I think if we just bring him along now, he's going to go in February, he's going to go in February, March, January, and then we're going to only have 15 games, 10 games to go, and it's just going to be too late at that point. I think he needs to go now yeah. so that the new manager can come in, have some time to make some changes, have to have the window in January, and then we can push forward. 
Is it all down to, to Kike and the way that he's running this team? Or is it, I mean, are you slightly sympathetic to the fact that you're struggling with injuries at the moment as well? I mean, we're struggling with injuries, but not not to the extent we have done in the past. I think, I think yeah, this, we, we went 1-0 up today. And the second we went 1-0 went up, it was defend, 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 hold the result. And it was the same thing he did when he was two years ago, where, however many years ago it was. It was go one nil up, defend, 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 hang on, and, and it didn't work. We, can't, we couldn't defend. But our first goal was a complete, was awful. And Patrick, stay there for a second because I want to ask Darren about this as well. Um, the next fixtures coming up for Watford are Leicester away, Crystal Palace at home, Liverpool away, Manchester United at home. Uh, I mean, that's that's not a run that you're going to bring in a new manager for, is it? It's a difficult one because I, I genuinely thought Watford had turned the corner when they got the point against Sheffield United. They played well, nil-nil. Then they got the point against Spurs where they were arguably the better team for long spells, didn't get the three points, and then the nil-nil with Bournemouth. But again, since then, they've kind of regressed again. I mean, I know they've got the win against Watford, but other than that, I mean, and with this run coming up, we'd expect them to get beat next week against Leicester because Leicester are higher flying depending on what happens tomorrow. The Crystal Palace one's going to be an interesting one because you never quite know what you're going to get from Crystal Palace. Indifferent, but you're right because I just don't think Watford could keep going along those sacking managers because you're never going to get any kind of consistency because a new manager's going to come in with new ideas and they've got to change the whole philosophy again. So they might have to just maybe write this season off regardless if they get they get relegated, yeah. but just stick with the manager and then go again fresh for the start of next season. Can you see a way out of it, Patrick, or do you feel like you're sort of condemned to the Championship? No, I, I can. I don't. I, I'm still fifty-fifty whether we go down or not. I do think we can turn it around. We, we have the quality in our squad, and we have the depth in our squad as well. People don't realise we have good depth compared to the teams around us towards the bottom half of the, you know, bottom bottom of the, the league. We've got the depth that other people don't have. So when it does come into January, February, I do think we're going to be all right. But um, and we have the ability to turn it around. It's just whether we will. I mean, if we keep bottling results with twenty minutes to go, then I hope. I think they've got the depth, but we've seen better teams than Watford go down. And I think that's the, the worrying thing is that they have got the depth. They've got some players. We spoke about Capoue, uh, Decore, Delafeu. They've got players. Troy Deeney, when he's fit, they've got players that are, are decent. Will Hughes. But I just think today they've got out four pretty much because the first half they were the better team battered Southampton really had more chances but second half Southampton rolled their sleeves up and had a real good go and that's why they, they got the result today so I think Watford maybe need to stop worrying about playing well and looking pretty they need to roll up their sleeves and have a really good fight and, and try and work hard and grind out results mm. Alright Patrick good luck for the rest of the season thank you very much for your call let's go to David he's a Southampton fan David were you at the game today where did you watch it? No, I watched it at home uh, with my best mate. He's also a Saints fan. It wasn't a good watch, was it, for the neutral? <laughs> Felt sorry for the neutrals, to be fair. Well, we're both but, neutrals, um, me, and, me and Darren, and we were watching it, and we have to agree oh, with you. <laughs> horrendous, horrendous. Felt sorry for the neutrals, but trying to measure our expectations. You know, we know what we are uh, down at St Mary's. We're a club that has got, you know, not, not great ambitions appear that we have. We, If we go up the table, we have our players nicked by other teams we've got to just be happy with Premier League football I'm pleased for the manager he seems a good guy we showed some heart I think we were lacking in confidence and a bit of quality but having said that we've got four points from our last two games I think we need to back the manager um, and I'm just delighted that if our form continues at this level that nobody will come in for any more of our players Do you think that that's part of the problem that you know you've been this feeder club for such a long time you've created you've brought these amazing players through but you're not really filling it up anymore the, the, the recruitment at the lower level now isn't quite what it used to be Yeah I, I think our youth system has always been the shining light of our football club I think people higher up the uh, football food chain have realised that I think we've suffered as a consequence um, but any Saints fan will tell you, if you offered us 12th or 8th or 10th at the beginning of the season, we'd snap your hand off. Mm. And any Saints fan or anybody else that thinks we're ever going to be performing at a top three or four or six level again, I think it's a bit deluded, Laura, to be honest. <laughs> what do you think about that, Darren? Maybe for now, yeah. They're, they're a long, well, long, long way. But yeah, maybe the... the production lines maybe not what it once was but as I said, they've still got players in their squad that, that can make a difference and, and as I said what it was, I liked about today is that Ralph he, he didn't he wasn't scared of making the changes he obviously took off Nathan Redmond which I'm sure a lot of people were like well what's he doing there mm -hmm. but he, he obviously brought someone on who made a real impact and a real difference and I think when you've got quality in your squad like Redmond and Danny Ings and obviously Ward Prowse these type guys I think you've always got a fighting chance like they showed today it's an interesting one with Southampton, isn't it, really? Because 
you're not really ever sure. I mean, I, I think it's maybe Ralph Hasenhutter that I, I I quite like him as a manager, and I think I've got quite a lot of faith in him. So even though they're in the position that they're in at the moment, that game against Arsenal, Darren's an Arsenal fan. He'll tell you that, David, for free. That game against Arsenal, I think Saints probably deserved a little bit more out of that. Do you think so, Darren? I'll do. Yeah. You're they, watching old school Arsenal on the screen. Yeah, the moment, no, they, they, they Darren's watching at Arsenal Spurs from I think 2010 by the looks of it. Gareth yeah. Bell just scored. It's two one at the moment. No, they played. They played against <laughs> another one of our players. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, against Arsenal, they played really, really well. I mean. Obviously, poor finishing at the end cost Southampton. And not only that as well, they had opportunities where they could have just slid it across the box and let people tap it in. And they, they should have won that game comfortably against Arsenal. But these are the things, when you're down the bottom, these things go against you. But you, what you wanted in that situation is them chances to fall to Danny Ings. Because if they'd have fallen to Danny Ings, he would have put them away. But when you're down there and you're fighting for, for points and goals, they all seem to, the chances all seem to fall to the wrong person. Um, can I just run this, um, run a form, uh, not run a form, sorry, your fixtures coming up, David, that you've got. Um, you've got Norwich at home, then you've got Newcastle away, then you've got West Ham at home, and then Villa away. What do you think of those four games? Are those games that you think you can get a result from? You know, if you took probably six points from those games, maybe seven. I mean, we're all looking for just above points over games. Um mm. The other thing is, I think we've really struggled after the 9-0 hammering we took. I think it takes, if anybody that's played anything competitively would tell you that that really does affect you quite deeply. And I think we're just beginning to get over that. Hopefully, Ralph will get them together and hopefully confidence will build. But one thing's for sure, um, sacking Ralph wouldn't be the way forward, not in my book. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. As the final whistle does go... And Spurs have won, and it's three wins from three under Jose Mourinho. What a difference a week makes in football. Spurs pick up back-to-back wins in the Premier League for the first time this season. But my, oh my, it was nervy inside those last few seconds. The emotions around the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, more of relief than jubilation. But in the cold light of day, Spurs have done enough. They've won here by three goals to two. Ali with two, two wonderfully taken goals. And then Musa Sissoko put them well clear of a Bournemouth side who struggled to get into the game, particularly in the second period. Two late goals from Harry Wilson made things very interesting indeed. And then in the final few seconds of normal time, Callum Wilson, clear on goal, couldn't get his shot away. And Spurs, you feel, have got away with one there ever so slightly. But it is a perfect start for Jose Mourinho. Live on TalkSport 2, it has finished. Spurs 3, Bournemouth 2. Jose, thanks for talking to us. Ten goals now in three games since you've arrived. You must be delighted with the start. Six conceded. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm very happy with the results. I'm very happy with long periods during the matches with fantastic uh, football and uh, also great individual performances. Of course, I don't like my teams to to concede as many goals as we, as we did, but uh, no problem. We are here to help the team to, to improve. Very close almost actually to being a draw in the, en- in the end of the game. You, you must have been quite worried towards the end. Yeah, but very close to be 5-0. And I prefer to say very close to be 5-0 was the the consequence of the dynamics of the second half, where in, in the second half we, we dominate, we control, absolutely. So the reality of the game is that was much closer to 5-0 than to, to a draw. But you are right, uh, in the last seconds of, uh, of the game, that, that situation was there. You said in the week that Deli Ali won't be man of the match every game that you play, but so far he's, he's doing pretty well. Uh, amazing, amazing. Um, Top, absolutely top. I, I don't, I, I don't need to speak because everybody speaks about him in in this moment, and and I prefer that way. And a word also for Musa Sissoko, a brilliant finish at the back post. Oh, fantastic, fantastic finish. The, the the situation was amazing. The cross by Sony was half of a goal, and then Musa makes an incredible run to arrive in in this position, and then the finishing is even better. Just a couple more. You said you were very happy in the week, very happy with what the club's given you in terms of the squad, and, and that's showing so far from the first three games. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I made a few changes. I had on the bench players like uh, Winks, uh, Celso, Lucas, Eriksson. No problem at all. No problem. And, and just lastly, obviously, Manchester United away in the week. Are you looking forward to, to that fixture going back there? Not yet, not yet. They still have to play a game tomorrow. Um, we work tomorrow, but 
I'm still disconnected from that game at uh, at Old Trafford, but of course I will reconnect uh, Monday, and uh, it's always uh, an amazing match to play. There you go, Jose Mourinho with Jake Robson, who joins us live from the Tottenham Hotspur uh, Stadium. I mean, just how, very quickly, uh, Jake, how tight was that at the end, that Bournemouth chance? Well, um, you know how, uh, how, how long a stud is, and that is basically the length and the difference between Tottenham actually conceding or giving away a penalty at the end. And it was all courtesy of Jan Vertonghen. It was absolutely outstretched. Me and Ray Parler were sitting there. We couldn't believe that actually it wasn't a penalty, but on the replay, he clearly got the ball. And Jose Mourinho's heart must have been in his mouth, as were the Tottenham fans sat all around us. And a remarkable result in the end, if you think about what happened to Tottenham last week. 3-0 up and cruising, exactly the same here. They've almost come out of it with a draw. Um, but in the end, they do get the win. And I was intrigued by Mourinho's answer, actually, when you said, well, you know, it was nearly 3-all at the end. He said, yeah, it could have been 5-0. I mean, he's, he's, he's looking on the positive and actually that tells you a little bit of a story and I know it's still early days at Tottenham but it's three wins out of three and maybe this is a slightly changed Mourinho from the one that was at Manchester United maybe he is generally more optimistic more positive more glass half full than glass half empty yeah, and I think um, certainly the, he's not the same that he was towards the end of his time at Manchester United. But, I mean, you know, the first question I asked him, I said 10 goals, and he said, yeah, but six conceded. So he is, he's also being re- realistic. I suppose it's, you know, the truth of these things is always somewhere in the middle. Tottenham absolutely strolled it for the first hour or so. And he's right, Deli Ali had a chance. He could have had a hat-trick. There were a couple of other chances early on as well. And they, they, they really did cruise it, I think, the, I think a slight worrying thing is the way that they conceded twice early in midweek. You can't get away from that. They have won three. But, you know, football can change very quickly. Tottenham already, you know, they're up to fifth already. Now, who would have thought that three weeks ago? So they're up to fifth already. But things can turn very quickly. Suddenly, some of the breaks that they might have got today, maybe Delhi doesn't produce that absolute bit of magic. And very quickly, those, those goals that they're conceding can start turning into draws and defeats. So... You have to take it, I think, with a little bit of a pinch of salt at the moment. Even the most realistic of Tottenham fans would say that. But you can't deny the fact that they've scored 10 goals and they've won their first three matches. And, you know, they go to Manchester United during the week, as he said. He's not thinking about it yet at all. I don't think anyone believes that. But um, a massive game for them. And if they win that, then, you know, it really is. You know, Jose time at Tottenham as far as uh, the fans are concerned and as far as he and the players are concerned. Jake, thanks very much. Jake Robson, who was at uh, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium for us today. Let's bring in a Spurs fan. Peter uh, is with us on TalkSport 2. How are you doing, Peter? I'm very good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Have you got yourself a Jose scarf yet? <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. I've got... Uh, it's on my list for Santa. So, what... I mean, is it... Is it is everything completely changed or is it all being taken a little bit calmly because it's early days and there's been a couple of hairy moments in there. It was 3-2 last week at West Ham. You were 2-0 down midweek and won the game. 3-2 today with a chance at the end. So what's the general feeling? I think it's a little bit Jekyll and Hyde at the moment. The Obviously, the attacking style of play has changed to the fact that we are scoring goals now. But there is the fact that we are conceding goals in the second half as well and losing concentration but I think that's more of a confident thing at the moment and hopefully he can work on that and with a bit more time we can keep a few more clean sheets and in terms of Jose what do you think he's done to Deli Ali? what has happened there because from the outside and, and you watch games mate you watch games Peter has, has he completely transformed into a different player I think he's almost gone back to um like when Deli Ali first came, he, he was better centrally than he was on the right or the left. And Jose, uh, Mourinho's come in and he's kind of said, no, I want you in the middle, play there, that's where you're better. And he seems to know where where to get the best out of him and that's, um, that's doing all right for us. So, fair play to him for that. It is a fascinating one. Peter, thanks for the, uh, thanks for the call. Uh, let's have more of your calls, please. 0871722344. Just very quickly, uh, been asked on Twitter to talk about Dave Martin. Listen, do you want me in tears again? 
<laughs> right, come on. We will have an interview with Dave Martin before the end of the show here on TalkSport 2. But um, listen, you can't knock Mickey Gray what Jose Mourinho has done so far at Spurs. He's got his swagger back, Adrian. I think you can even tell that when you see him in front of camera. You've never, never really seen him with a smile on his face at Manchester United because I think he looked at the squad of players that he had and he was never happy with it. I do believe he's probably 80% happy with the squad that he's got at Tottenham. But let's not forget, you know, he's, he's got problems coming up. What players want to stay at the club? You know, is it Danny Rose, Eriksson, uh, Alderweireld? So I think he knows he's still got problems and things to sort out. But you know, never doubt he's home recorded. Every club that he's been at, he hates losing home games. Well, he just hates losing in general. But um, he's winning football matches. They're scoring goals. Yes, they're conceding goals um, in the two league games. Very late goals as well. So that's something that he's obviously got to work on. But, you know, he's, he's only been in the club, what, a week and a half, something like that. And he's starting to get results. It took them 10 months to get an away win. He's got that done now. He's got his first home win under his belt. He'd be very, very happy. And I just had a little quick look at the league table before. They're six points behind Chelsea now. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, you can't, you can't write them off from the top four now, Adrian, can you? With him in charge, that was probably one of the aims when he took over, was to get them in that top four come the end of the season. And I don't know if one of the things this season was to try and win some silverware. If he doesn't, but he gets them back into Champions League football, then I suppose it's, you know, it's, it's been a very good appointment. But only time's going to tell over the next couple of months. Well, I mean, yes, you, you I mean, maybe getting a little bit ahead of yourself, but you're right. I think the, the big thing about the Premier League this season, the top four had uh, have got themselves a little bit of a breakaway. Mm-hmm. And then there appears to be a whole bunch of clubs, maybe even 10 clubs who are all within three or four points of each other. So you can't really read too much into the fact that, say, Burnley are eighth right now or that, uh, I don't know, Man United are 11th because a couple of wins either way and all of a sudden, and you're in the uh, top half and you're flying mm. or the bottom half and you're in trouble. Everton, for example, are on 14 points. That's just four. They're, eight, they're 17th, four points behind Sheffield United in seventh. But what Tottenham have done, they've got to the top of that pack. They're a point clear of six now. They're in fifth place. Yeah. And you wouldn't with Jose in charge and with the Chelsea result today as well. And even with Man City dropping points, you wouldn't rule Tottenham out of retaining that top four. And I think that's why they made the change with Pochettino, because they feared they wouldn't have Champions League football in that great stadium next season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's why, you know, I think if, if you remember me and Alvin, um, we're talking about Jose last week when we we're on the show and, and Alvin thought it was a bad appointment. I thought it was a great appointment because he, he gets results. You know, he's a, he's a born winner, and I'm not saying Pochettino wasn't, but with the form that they've been showing Tottenham in the you know new stadium they moved into, I think they've they've got to sort a few things out in January. Let's not forget that. I've just mentioned the players that we don't know whether they're going to be staying at the club or they're going to be leaving, but I'm sure Jose's been um, had a lot of conversations with Daniel Levy to say, look, I'll take over the club, and I'm happy with the squad. But I do need uh, fresh faces, whether it's the players that are going to be staying or you let them go and you let me bring in two or three fresh faces to have that little push to get themselves into the top four. But you can't write them off now. You know, we might have done a couple of weeks ago and said they had no chance of getting that top four. But after a couple of back-to-back wins, winning in the Champions League in the week as well, the players obviously a little bit more confident. You just can't write him off, and especially with that big result from Chelsea today at West Ham. Game day. The biggest football league in the world. Game day. Your verdict on Talk Sport. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.